0: It's time to step into the more that God has for you. This is Eunice Lai, and I would like to welcome you to today's episode of Beyond the Building with Laura Perrano and Debbie Kiever of the Beyond Women's Conference. Hi, this is Debbie Kiever letting you know that starting in January, I'll be teaching an online ladies' Bible study called Kingdom Woman based on the book written by Tony Evans and Crystal Evans Hurst called Kingdom Woman. If you'd like to learn more about this online Bible study, and be part of it, you can email me at Debbie at Ministries.com.
1: Hi there, friends. Welcome back to Beyond the Building. My name is Laura Pereno, and today I'm with Debbie Keever, and we are really excited about our new podcast series uh, on growth. And as we're in the month of March, and we're heading into the month of April, we're really going to be focusing on the different uh ways that the lord addresses how we grow in the word of god and just some practical application as we realize things that keep us from growing and then other things that actually increase our growth and and help us to grow in the way that we are you know wanting to be more like jesus because that's the ultimate goal if you were with us last week uh we were excited to talk about words because boy we talked about the fact that words have power And we know that words can have power to promote growth or words have the power to hinder growth. And so we have the opportunity, right? We have the option to decide if we're going to believe or speak negative words or positive words. Some of these words we talked about last week are words that people speak over us. And then I think it's also about the words that we speak to other people. And it also comes down to what are we speaking to ourselves? And we really talked about those three things at length. Um, we have been given the gift of words and we get to decide how we're going to use them, how we're going to believe them. And Debbie, I remember even your personal story, you had shared a bit about needing to change the words that you were speaking into your own life.
0: Oh my gosh, Laura. It's all that, it's that hazardous thing that we all have of self-talk. What are we saying to ourselves? And if you remember last time I talked about my uh, annual spring event of, putting down a lot of money on plants that I've always spoken to the plants and to myself that <laughs> I'm going to kill you. You know, you are doomed. You're going to the wrong house. And then and that one historic day where I had the credit card in hand and I was, you know, commiserating with these plants that you've just shortened your lifespan. And God so clearly spoke to my heart. And he said, Debbie, are you allowing your past fa- failures to define how you're going to handle things today and how you're going to handle things in the future. And I, I stood there and I felt rather silly um, because I was always talking to myself and I'm like, God, you know what? That's, that is such a profound statement. And how often in our environment, maybe people have spoken into us that, you know, our family's not good at this. You'll never, you'll never break that ceiling, right? You're kind of stuck in this box and how often we limit really believing that God can do something big in our lives because we have blown it in the past and maybe our family has blown it. So therefore we are declaring that I'll never be able to break out of this. Like I will never be a green thumb. Like, you know, it's that kind of mindset. You begin to speak it over your life long enough. And you really start to believe it. So God was challenging me that year when we dig the, the, Grow beyond conference. That I need to stop saying the things um, about my identity based on my failures in the past. I need to create an environment where I can actually grow beyond where I have limited myself in the past.
1: Amen. That is so true. And I think when you're when we're referring to the fact that we speak words over ourselves. Uh, If we were to spend the time in the word of God (laughs) that we, you know, taking his word in instead of taking our words in over and over again, we would see that the word of God is full of pictures of plants and growth. And I know probably the most well-known one is Psalm 1, and that's really where we're going to look today. Because if we walk through these verses, we will see that there is such a huge treasure waiting for us here and how we can grow and the things that keep us from growing. Now, Deb, I remember when we were doing the conference, you used uh, math, you used a math equation, right? You said that one plus two equals three. And we're going to look at three verses here in today. And if you look at Psalm one and you take verse one and verse two, and you do what verse one and two say, you are going to end up in verse three. And you know, we'll understand this more as we go through this. So verse one starts out by saying, blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked or stand in the way that sinners take or sit in the company of mockers, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord and who meditates on his law day and night. That person is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yield its fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever they do prospers. Boy. You do one and you do verse two and you end up, verse three started out by saying that person. I don't know. I, I look at when the word says that person, this is going to happen to that person. I say, well, I want to be that person. You know, I want to be that tree that is strong and healthy and enduring.
0: Well, then you got to ask yourself the question, what do I need to do exactly. to, be, to be that person? Well, that's what we said. Going back to math, right? One. And two is what we need to do to get to number three. So if I go back to verses one and two, the thing that really strikes me is that if I align myself in obedience with what God's telling me in one and two and follow his instruction, I'm going to get to three. And immediately it says, well, I need to pay attention to my choices. Mm. There is a direct cause and effect. If I skip one or I skip two, I don't get to three. That's right. So it's the whole package. It's the whole package of what he's telling me that what I'm doing today sets the trajectory for where I'm going tomorrow. Yep. And if I I have to be intentional about that, I, I think of right now, you know, it's, we're recording in February, we still have snow on the ground and, and we're going to have some more snow, but I am very aware that there are bulbs planted in our yard that are coming closer and closer to the surface, but they're bulbs that were planted back in the fall. You know, and we're we're looking for them to come up, but if you don't plant them, they're not gonna grow. You have to be really intentional about what you're doing today. If you want to see God get you to be that person who's prospering and whose life is thriving. On the flip side, Laura, if we plant weeds, you know, we're gonna get weeds. So in our lives today, what really matters? What am I investing in in the way I live and the way I think and the way I speak? Because if I'm investing positively, I'm going to reap that. But if I am sowing seeds that are negative, like we talked last week about those negative words, they are going to grow and they are going to come up when their season. Um, it's the when it's their time.
1: Absolutely, and you know the quality of the life that we experience today really is impacted by what other people have planted into our lives, and what personal investments or what we are planting in our own lives today. So, you know, so many of us, we can look back at our stories and we can see that people have planted things in our lives, you know, positive and negative. And a lot of us have stories where people have planted some pretty negative things in our lives. The environments that we grew up in, you know, may have had words spoken that weren't kind. You know, we've had things planted in our lives that have uh, put us in a place where we are today.
0: Yeah, I think of how many times have you heard you're just like your father, you're just yep. like your mother. Or you look at the lineage. You know, there are certain struggles that families have one generation after another. And you ask yourself that question, why? Why is that? Mm-hmm. Well, mm-hmm. it's that weed that perpetuates itself one generation. It's biblical. Mm-hmm. Right? The the problems of the previous generations continue on. Then on the other hand, I don't know if you've met some families where, man, it seems like there's a lot of things that just go right for that family. Mm -hmm. It's when I look back at the generations, I love to ask the question, what were your parents like? Mm -hmm. What were your grandparents like? Because it's, you're reaping what has been sown even three and four generations ago.
1: Absolutely. And I think even when you just said that, one of the things that popped into my mind, it doesn't mean that things are always going to go right in your life, but it's how we respond to the challenges that we endure, right? Um, A family can have, go through an extreme challenge and can plant the wrong, uh, seeds in your heart through it. And then Mm -hmm. you respond incorrectly to challenges for the rest of your life. Whereas you could be in a family that operates in a healthier thought pattern or a healthier behavior pattern and can experience the same challenge and can find themselves stronger for it because they were investing, uh, good, uh, food into the places where it's hurt.
0: And if you're listening to this and saying, well, I got dealt the, the nasty hand, you know, I was born into a family with so many issues. I mean, we are here to encourage you that it can stop with you. That's right. Right. Things that have been planted in the garden of your heart, the garden of your life. Um, we're, we're really going to focus on this next week. Actually, Laura, taking a look at what are we living with right now? What has What's the fruit of previous generations and what's the fruit of what I'm planting? That's really where we're going to go next Next podcast. But you can be the one to start to change the cycle for the generations that come after you. That's Take right.
1: You, you can that, be that girl, right? You can be that <laughs> or girl. Or that guy. <laughs> yep. You can go back to verse three. You can be that person. Yep. And if we really look at, at, uh, at verses one through three, you know, it starts out by saying, you know, blessed is the one who and that word blessed there if you if you look up the definition it really means uh you'll have a sense of contentment or a sense of well-being. So really we could say um there will be a sense of contentment and well-being over the one or in the one who does not walk in the step with the wicked. So really we want, I mean all of us in in our chaos and in our struggle right now, we want contentment, we want well-being regardless of our circumstances. And we will be that girl if we if we start that way. So blessed also means happy or content or satisfied. So it's something, you know, we will be satisfied. We will be content when we do not walk in step with the wicked. Now you feel blessed really in life. When we're in a safe relationship, we all want to be in safe relationships. Of course, our safest relationship is with the father. And So many of us, like we talked about earlier, we didn't grow up in a safe environment, but we have a heavenly father who has created and is a safe relationship for us. He Mm -hmm. is a safe space uh, where we need to be planted in there. And again, it goes back to where are we planting? Where are we investing our time, our words, our thoughts, our relationships? When we invest in the relationship with the father, we will have a safe place. We will have a safe relationship. I want to get to that place where I feel safe with the father, right? That's really what we strive for. We want to have that safe father relationship. So if we want to have that safe father relationship, we can go back to verses one, two, and three. We can look in verse one, like our first thing is like, what do we need to stop doing? The second thing is what do we need to start doing? And the third thing is what are the benefits that I am promised when I stop doing a and start doing B, you know, what is the C, what are the benefits that I reap?
0: When we go back into verse one, you mentioned it. What do we need to stop doing? These are, this, this is the stuff in our life that we need to shut some doors. You know, doors, when we refer to opening doors, it's what things have we experienced? What thought patterns have we welcomed into our thinking that it? you know, that are unhealthy? We need to shut the door. Like you don't want to, you know, a robber coming into your house or you know, kind of creep, <laughs> creepy kind of person coming in to keep the door shut. Mm-hmm. And our thinking has really been uh, impacted by that. So there are three things that are outlined in verse one that we need to stop doing. It's the way we think, the way we walk, and the way we talk. Well, let's just look first. At what does it say about the way we think? Blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked. And I, well, you're like, well, where's the think word in there? Walking in step is your think word. It's walking in agreement Mm. with the way somebody else is walking. And here they're saying you are choosing to be in agreement with the wicked, where your thinking is heading in the same direction. If you think in that evil direction, your feet will go that way. So we need to really step back and go, the people that are in my close circle, right? The people that I hang with, the people that I run with, does their thinking align with scripture or is it way off, you know, where God would have me thinking? Because I am walking with somebody in the same direction when my thought pattern is heading in that evil direction.
1: Absolutely. You know, it's interesting when you go to a a party or a a social function or when we used to go to parties and social functions, uh, (laughs) don't we end up, uh, scoping out the room for somebody who is like us, right? Who thinks in the way we do, Mm -hmm. you know, I grew up and I, I, you know, I work to combat it all the time, but I tend to be a very insecure person. And so I tend to scan the room and I look for somebody else who may be in my same zone. Right. And that's the person that I tend to uh, connect with in those places and good can come out of that. I'm not saying it can't, but it's the same kind of thing. We're going to, we're going to navigate toward the people who have those patterns that we do. But Romans 12 2 gives us really so much instruction. I just love the word of God. We're in the new Testament. It works with the old Testament, right? It goes right back to Psalm one. It says do not conform to the pattern of this world but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing and perfect will. You know, Debbie, I think we all have stories of uh, times where we have had to change our thinking, where our thought patterns are incorrect. And again, along with that line of of being an insecure person, and I've shared my story before, you know, when I was a kid, my report card used to say like, excellent student, but can't make friends. And I don't know, right there, that could (laughs) have, Could have been a downer right there, a seed planted into my heart. Um, you know, my mom used to give lollipops to the kids in the neighborhood so that they would play with me. And even as I rehash those stories and I laugh about them now, I am sure even watching my mom give out the lollipops to the kids in the neighborhood, I'm sure I loved my mom for doing it, and I'm sure I felt so awkward because nobody else's mom was passing out candy to kids <laughs> in order to have a friend, right? So that it becomes a thought process. Like People don't want to be my friend unless I am going to give them candy, right? Or unless there's something that's going to benefit them, or I can do something uh, to make that friendship happen. And so I know that is a thought process. I would say even, you know, all school and into high school, I would say I struggle and I struggle with making friendships. Well, I know I've shared on one of these episodes before that during COVID, I have reconnected with so many people from junior high and high school and every single one of them shares with me, um, what a strong friendship we had back then. And I think to myself, that's just shocking because in my mind, I was always feeling like I was on the out, you know, and it's so interesting how, even if reality is showing something different, when you are stuck in a thought pattern, reality is not going to conquer it, right? I had to eventually get to that place where I was, uh, really in the word as a, an older teenager in college and had to come to that place where I realized my identity's in Christ and really had to work through all of that. So our thought patterns are so strong. Even when we see the truth in front of us, sometimes we're going to deny it It is the truth because we believe our, our, uh, you know, our thought process, repetitive thoughts, rather than believing what reality really is.
0: I smile. I think of so many people that have only known you in the last 10 years, maybe. You know, they, they're like, really, Laura, you were insecure and you didn't want to talk.
1: Yeah. Right.
0: (laughs) But, but I, I relate to that because my testimony, which we, we shared in a podcast way back in June last year, I was so insecure and I was terrified of making a mistake. Yeah. I was on that, that, that treadmill, you know, that, that pet that's constantly running on that treadmill. Like I can't get off and I, I can't fail at something and I can't look foolish and so therefore I'm going to do everything I can to try to perform to a level of perfection or at least make you think that that's where I am. And for me that thought pattern was that was I was so upset when I would screw up at something mm. and worried like everything is lost and and mm. how different that is for me nowadays. I used mm. to be incredibly superficial. And if anything, I think I'm on an extreme of being transparent when I'm teaching, especially in a Bible study setting, but that just, that just goes to show that I had to change that thought pattern. I yes. had to stop hanging in the mindset with the crowd that says, don't let anybody see your yes. weakness. You know, I had to, I, and I, I still, I'm hanging out with people, you know, from a but my husband's work, you know, when we travel, I'm hanging out with some people that really do look perfect when they yeah. present. Yeah. But God is like, that's not you. That's not you. And in that that lane with all these perfect people, you be yourself. And that's right. And I actually find out they're not so perfect. But, <laughs> you know, that's me speaking of a car, I think of, you know, remember in our cars, we have that you're drifting out of your lane alarm. It's that annoying alarm. And I think you told me one time that you just decided to turn yours off.
1: Yes. What is
0: bothering you?
1: <laughs> but I feel yep. like
0: as Christians, the Holy Spirit is that alarm. That's and right. We're listening to him when we're not turning him off, turning an ear like off from him. When we're heading down the highway of life, we are going to pick up when our thinking is getting off track. Yes. You know, and, and he gets us back into, into alignment with him. Now, here's the challenging thing. And we're seeing this more and more, um, the closer to heaven that we get, we're seeing this more and more. You cannot listen to another Christian and assume that they're basing their lives on the word. We have a lot of well-meaning Christians out there who will tell you advice that, Totally contradicts the word of God. Absolutely. So it's okay, you know. Just be careful. You may be in the fast lane doing ninety-five with a bunch of Christians, but you're still wrong. Absolutely. You know. So we need to be listening to the Holy Spirit uh, very carefully as He gives us direction. So it talks about your walking and step. The next part goes, or stand in the way that sinners take. This is about how you walk. Mm. Standing in the way, you're in the midst, doing what the sinners do and I have to ask my question, myself a question, what behaviors do I need to stop? And I, if you're honest with yourself and you 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 just ask yourself, what am I doing right now that I really shouldn't be doing? I don't think any of us, it would take too long to answer that question.
1: Yeah. I mean, there are so many things uh, that that I think the Lord could point out in all of our lives. You know, perhaps Uh, one of those things is how we spend our money or where we give our money, or are we tithing to the church? Are we being generous givers? You know, what are we doing with our money? That's a huge thing that, you know, is important to God. It's a big deal. And then our, our health, It's easy, especially in this season, as many people aren't exercising like they used to, and we're all home baking bread and cakes. You know, (laughs) what are we doing with our health? Are we staying with our doctor's appointments? I don't know. It's just the Lord is concerned about every detail of our lives, our money, our health. could be a relationship that we're in, Deb, you know, with a girlfriend or with a guy, um, you know, Things that may be unhealthy in female friendships like we talked about back in February and then things that are unhealthy or not according to God's word with with a guy. Um, I find personally that there is not a whole lot on TV anymore that I can watch right. because there's just nothing, you know, you look at the Bible and it says, what are we supposed to pour into ourselves? Things that are wholesome and, and pure and of a good report. And you're looking at the tree in, in verses one to three in Psalm one and you're going, It needs water, right? Am I, am I watering it or am I pouring poison on it? And so our entertainment and things we watch on TV and then recreational activities, what are we doing to fill up our time? Is it for a benefit? Um, or is it really tearing us down even though everybody else is doing it? I think the more that we try to, or the more that we do align our walk and our decisions based on uh, the Holy Spirit pointing things out to us, the more, um, like aliens were starting to look and, (laughs) you know, strangers in this world, but, but it all, you know, we want to do what the Lord says. And if we we look a little different, just the way it's got to be, we want to, we want to start looking like Jesus and Jesus looked a whole lot different. As you look through the new Testament, we want to be like that too.
0: You know, we are, we are looking different. I'm thinking of that list that you just rattled down. Right. And if you were to share that with the average person, they would be like, wow, Christianity is full of rules,
1: Mm.
0: full of rules. You're probably a killjoy, Mm. right? But when you step back and you look at everything that I'm doing right now is impacting my tomorrow. Aren't there a lot of things that we're experiencing today that we, if we could go back and do something differently, um, we said, yeah, we would, we would do that differently Yeah, Yeah. because we're learning that it, what we chose to do and, In college or high school really does impact what we're experiencing right now
1: yeah and you know it's interesting because even the list that you know we just went over and then thinking about somebody else could look at it as a killjoy the enemy wants us to look at a list like this and think it is a bummer or like there's no freedom in it. And yet I look at it and say, you know, we talked about generosity with money. I see it as an opportunity to be blessed back, right? Mm-hmm. And and when you invest in your health and when you follow God's guidelines for gluttony, and you know, not being a glutton and things like that, we have a fuller life. You know, it's just every single one of those things. TV, if I'm not pouring garbage into my heart, I'm pouring good stuff into my heart. I'm going to be a better friend. I'm going to be a better wife. I'm going to be a better mom. Like to me, I look at that list and I say, Holy spirit, help me to know how to, um, shape those things in my life because I want to be better and full of more life Mm -hmm. instead of all these things that can bring me down. It really is, you know, you got to start out with having that people call it a biblical worldview. You got to start out by believing that the Bible is true. Not only is it true, but it's meant for our good and it leads to abundant life, not just in eternity, but here today. Like I think that list says, change it up, God. Change me up, God, so I can thrive.
0: Mm -hmm. Yep. Oh, goodness. Well, let's keep moving on. The next part of the verse says, or sit in the company of mockers. This is a part of, again, still things that we need to stop thinking, things that we need to stop doing. And now this is challenging us. If we're sitting in the company of mockers, are there ways that I need to stop speaking? You know, speaking. Just think about Proverbs eighteen twenty one that that tiny little tap that tongue has the power of life and death. Talk about extremes. And those who love it will eat of its fruit. Yep. The things that you speak, you will be eating from. Yep. You know. So if if we are speaking in ways that again, it, everything's lining up with Scripture. If Scripture says don't lie and don't um, mock people and don't um exaggerate the truth you know like like don't gossip don't um curse you may be saying right people may say well you can't even talk no there's a lot that the word says that you should be doing speaking words of life and encouragement and being gra- you know, grateful with your words, you're going to reap the benefits of that. Have you ever been around um, like a lunch table conversation that is trashing somebody else? Mm-hmm. You know, the tone of that table is negative, negative. Mm-hmm. and honestly, you're afraid to leave because you could be the next target. Yes, you know that right. they're that they're talking about. Right. I don't right. see that as a quality of life. Right. right. I, I, this is my lunch break, and now I feel worse, and I'm exactly. afraid to not sit there because they'll be talking about yes, me.
1: Yes. I, my
0: quality of my life is to be able to come and go in relationships and feel safe. Yes. You yes. Know, feel yes. safe.
1: Absolutely. Believe it. Even, even thinking back to things that, you know, Deb's what, what words are we declaring over our own lives, you know, and kind of went back to high school there for a minute. And, and I remember, when I came back to the school that I was at for high school and everybody that I was friends with was in the choir and I had sat next to my mom in church every Sunday and I learned how to pick out the alto part because my mother did it during the hymns every Sunday and, everybody encouraged me, go try out for choir, go try out for choir. And I, I said, no, in ninth grade. And they said, why? I said, well, I can't sing. You know, I'm not good enough. And in the back of my mind, I'm not good enough. I'll never make it. I'll be embarrassed. Everybody else is in it. I'm not going to do it. So I didn't do it. Everybody else went on all these great trips and blah, blah, blah. Next year, sophomore year, try out for choir. Please try out for choir. Even the choir director was saying, please try out for choir. Nope. Not going to do it. Not good enough. Sophomore year, gone. Repeating the words. What if I don't make it? Sophomore year, everybody goes away again. Who's left at home? Me. Well, finally, come junior year, I was just like, I was having, everybody was having too much fun. And I was kind of going, well, my odds are better because now I'm a junior, you know, maybe they'll let me in. (laughs) Tried out for choir. Not only did I make choir, but I made a cappella choir too. And it brought me such joy, not just because I enjoy singing, but because I was with this group of people that that love to sing for Jesus. Like the thing that I was missing out on so long because I was speaking these words of can't, can't, can't over my life. You know, and there are some things that we really can't do, right? It's not for us. If I had tried out for basketball that year, I probably would not have made it, right? I wasn't in shape. But there is something about speaking positive words over yourself, declaring things over your life, and then going for it and trusting God with the end result.
0: (laughs) For me, my, my mantra was, I kill plants. I kill plants, right? Yeah. And I the more I said it, the more I believed it, which yep. meant that when I didn't feel like watering them in June and the heat of July, I wasn't as concerned about it because I already set that expectation yes. for everyone else. Well, you know, that's Debbie Keever, she kills plants. Yeah. So, you know, I, I I kind of gave myself an out.
1: Yes, that's you so know, interesting. I'm, I'm
0: all right to fail because I've already told people. That's right. This is not my strength. And so what I can say accurately now, and this is not speaking badly over myself, is that um, I buy plants and I'm always having to learn how to take care of plants. It's not a, na- I'm not a natural green thumb. I'm a novice at this. Yep. I do my best to yep. keep them as alive and thriving as long as they can. Yep. But I don't like crave doing this. I, you know, I'm not somebody who's in the, in the dirt weeding and doing everything all the time, yep. but I don't, I don't no longer say I kill plants. Yep. <laughs> Change, changing my tune.
1: You're making a new declaration, Debbie. That's right. <laughs> That's what we all need to do. <laughs> all right. So if we're really looking at this verse and as we really get into, um, get into the meat here, You know, what do I need to start doing? We've talked about the things we need to stop. What do we need to start doing in order to, or increase doing in our lives? And really verse two, um, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord and who meditates on his law day and night. I just can't even begin to tell you how much I love this verse right here because I know, you know, we love God's word and there is something about that word delight And the word of God that just gets me pretty fired up because when we get into the word of God, we will see that the words that God speaks are life and health and breath to us, right? We need them. We cling to him and it is, it becomes our greatest delight. It becomes the greatest delight that we can talk about. In fact, today is when we're taping, this is a good friend of ours birthday. And when I texted her this morning to say, um, you know, happy birthday to her. I was just like, I'm grateful that the distance between us hasn't stopped the friendship. And she said, that's because the friendship is based on the word of God. I am delighting in friendships and relationships because I delight in the word of God. When we delight in the word of God and we pour it into our lives, right? we are pouring in something that is positive and when you pour something that is positive in you will reap positive results so if you're investing the word of god today in your in your mind in your heart in your relationships in your work in your business it is important because it determines the trajectory of your future there is nothing like connecting those two words delight and the word of god that is is really uh, more of a uh, a connector. There, we delight in God's word, and we change the trajectory of our future.
0: It says that the one who delights in the law, the law of the Lord, is the one who meditates. And yep. that not to be disgusting, but that word meditate is is like a cow that just chews and chews and chews the grass, um, and then it's like the cud. They just continue to chew it, which just that concept is gross. But it's like, you're going to get every ounce of nourishment out of those, those chewing moments. So when you're meditating on the word, you're not just reading your daily devotional and checking the box. You're studying it and you're, you're, you're getting into almost so many tools that are out there, you know, with, with, um, checking out, uh, the Greek and the Hebrew and just all the background. And it, then you ask the Lord, show me what you want to show me. For me personally, from the scripture, my dad has a, a little statement that just really resonates. Meditation leads to revelation, which leads to transformation. So the more I spend time meditating, really chewing on the word, trying to figure out what it means and journaling about it. And then I invite the Holy Spirit, God, what do you want to show me personally? That rhema word, that word for today for me from this scripture he does, he does speak that to us. And that's what leads to transformation where my thinking and my beliefs and my behaviors um, all change. That is, that's a profound meditation leads to revelation, leads to transformation.
1: Absolutely. So we've talked about what we got to stop doing. We've talked about what we got to start doing. And now we're going to go to the benefits. The word says here, that person is like a tree planted by streams of water which yield its fruit in its season and whose leaf does not wither whatever they do they prosper you know if we look at you know what this verse is saying it, this tree has plenty of water for its roots And so what do we have here? We have something that will help us through the dry times in life. And it also says that this trait, or I should say that person, right? Mm -hmm. We have plenty of water to help us through the dry times in life. But we also, this is interesting, and we'll talk about all of these things. We're going to get into roots later in another episode, and we're going to get into fruit in another episode. But you also look at the fact that they have fruit in every season. So interesting and honestly so unlike um, maybe our seasons here where Trees bear fruit in only one season. We bear fruit in every season when we are that person. Mm -hmm. Our leaves don't. Because our roots are
0: deep. Because our roots
1: are deep. Exactly. And then our leaves don't wither because of the deep roots that were planted by the streams. Even if, like you said, you're surrounded by snow right now. Even though you're surrounded by harsh weather, your trees are going to come back, right? Their leaves are not going to wither. And um, we won't wither away. You know, sometimes... Challenges happen in life. We might look a little wilted, but we come back and we don't walk away from the faith. That person comes back. That person doesn't walk away from the faith. And then lastly, whatever they do prospers. Again, God's blessing is on their lives and they are growing, right? Not stagnant not wilting but growing that is the benefit those are the benefits that come along with doing one and two you end up with three man i want to have water all the time i want to have what i need to get through dry seasons in life i want fruit in every season i don't want to wither and wilt in the challenges in life and i want everything in my life that i do to prosper it means i want to follow one and two deb because i want to get to three
0: It means I want to be that person.
1: That's right. Right? right. I want to
0: be that person. That's right. So as we wrap it up, we got to step back and say, all right, God, what do I need to stop doing? Are there ways I'm thinking, ways I'm walking, ways that I'm speaking over my life that you have really, that don't line up with your word? I need to stop doing them. I need to start investing, nurturing the environment. Getting, getting the word really into my heart, not just reading it, but in t- it, taking it in and, and hearing his direction, how to apply this, delighting in what the word is, is giving me instruction in. I want to be that, that gal. I want to yep. be that gal who yep. is pursuing his presence every morning. And when I'm faithful to do that, Laura, then I will know that I'm planting seed in my life today that is going to reap a crop in the future. That's right. It is. Now, that's a, that's just such a profound um, statement. And actually, you know, as I'm looking at the snow, I'm getting excited to actually see what comes up in my yard, you know, <laughs> as, what has survived the winter. And that, man, that, just that thought is going to take us into what we're going to focus on next week is when you, let's picture your life as like a garden, right? That's been in the same place for, for generations. There are things growing in your life, that you never planted, but you're still dealing with them. And then there are things that you have planted, uh, in your lifetime, you know, and you're reaping some of the things you've sown and how, how can I make the garden that I, I, I am not like I'm moving, right. It's going to follow me wherever I go. How can I make this house, this life, this garden, um, to the next level, you know, to the next place where God is taking me to a place that's prosperous I'm going to need to deal with some of the things that were planted in the past. And I'm going to need to make some better choices what I'm doing now and be proactive for what I have coming in the future. So that is next week. That's what we're going to be focusing on. So thank you, everybody, guys and gals, right, who all (laughs) want to be that person. Thanks for joining us today. We are grateful for your friendship and your support. If this is a blessing to you, we encourage you to share this podcast on whatever social media platform that you are into. Um, if you have ideas, if you have things you, we can pray and encourage you about, we look forward to it. We're accessible, right? Beyond Women's Conference at gmail.com. We are here uh, for you. We are really uh, love you guys. So until next week, uh, this is Lara Prano, Debbie Kiever signing off. Have a fantastic week.
1: God bless you. Bye-bye.